Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. Do you detest meetings? I think we all do. Meetings used to be a way to get things done. Now, increasingly, it is about looking like you're getting things done. Now, don't get me wrong. We all have meetings that we have on a regular basis where we feel accomplished, where we feel productive, where we feel like we've communicated effectively with the other party or parties, and where there's a sense of accomplishment overall by everybody. Now, wouldn't you want that feeling to happen all the time? Well, maybe there's a few ways we can get to that. Not every time, but maybe most of the time. And that might be good enough. So let's think of a list of five things in no particular order that might make your meetings less terrible. The first one, less meetings overall. You guessed it. There is there is a tendency to over-calendar everything. And this got way worse rather than better during COVID and the pandemic when we were all meeting over Zoom. So the casual walk by someone's desk, ask a quick question, became, hey, I need 15 minutes with you on Zoom. And before you knew it, people didn't have enough time to go to the restroom. It was atrocious. Now, as things are becoming better, people are returning to the office, maybe not all the time, maybe not full time, but part time. There is more opportunity for these ad hoc, catch you in the hallway, catch you at the water cooler kind of meetings, right? And so one suggestion would be as much as you can, try and uncalendar just a little bit. Now the problem and the downside of that, obviously, is if you don't put things on the calendar, they might not get done. So then ask yourself, can I do a text message, an instant message, a Slack, an email, if you will? Those options give the other person just a minute, maybe to catch their breath and respond when they're able. So if it can wait, make it a message. And if it doesn't need to be on the calendar, make a human connection. Those are always a good thing. What's another way to make sure you don't have too many meetings? Well, ask yourself, who needs to be in which meeting? It's possible, instead of having three separate meetings discussing more or less the same topic, you have one meeting where everybody more or less is present, or they can get a recording or a share of the notes. And so we have fewer meetings overall. Everybody gets the information they need. People who need a, a question answered can ask, ask the questions and we move along right all the way to the end. One other way that you might reduce the number of meetings overall is by sticking to an agenda. The worst and the most terrible way for a meeting to be requiring a follow-up is if you didn't get everything done that was on the agenda. By the way, did your meeting have an agenda? That's number two. More on that in a minute. Having an agenda is making sure that you know exactly what needs to be done in the meeting. 
to our previous point. Unless you hit everything on the agenda, you're probably going to need a follow-up meeting of some kind. So, keeping a meeting on track is probably the second thing that we want to mention here in order to make meetings less terrible. Because what's worse than having too many meetings? Having too many meetings that just meander and go around in circles. So, if you're the coordinator of the meeting or the head of the team, be that as it may, you get to decide with some collaboration, with some input, what gets what gets done in that meeting and what is the main decision that needs to be made as a result of the meeting. If that made, main decision is made as a result of that meeting, you did a good job, thumbs up, and you get a gold star. If not, we need to look at what went wrong. Possibly, there were some side conversations. You ever had that happen before? Where, let's say it's a meeting of 10 people, and two or three people have very strong disagreements or too many different ideas, and they end up taking things away from where the agenda is heading. So remember, as the coordinator, as the person in charge of the meeting, you have the right, if not just the right, but maybe even the responsibility to keep things on track, make sure that everyone respects each other's time, side stories can wait, important, perhaps, questions that are not directly related to the agenda can be tabled and side separate conversations can be had between the related parties to a software that many people use and it's called Slack, right? Which is an instant messaging tool and many people divide into teams. So you have the general area where everybody's talking. You might have a separate area where only the marketing people talk, a third area where perhaps only the engineering people talk and so on, right? So what brings us back to the main point here? You want to make sure that you have the fewest possible meetings. If it can be done in an email, make it an email. Just let everybody know the information they need to know. They can always email you back if they have a quick question. And let's be honest, most of the time, people do not have a question you cannot anticipate. Most of the time, you know what people are going to ask. They're going to ask, when is it due? How much? What do I need to do? And uh, what happens if I can't get it done on time? Those are just some examples I can think of at the top of my head and maybe more specific ones once you know the exact situation. So few as possible meetings. It's sort of a part B to that, but goes along the same line of saving time is making sure the meeting doesn't run over time. Everybody's overbooked. Everybody's calendar is way too full. We've got to make sure that if you plan the meeting from 11 to 12, you end the meeting not at 12.15, not at 12.10, and if I'm being honest, not even at 12. You want to end the meeting at 11.50 because it's going to take you five minutes. Let's be honest. It's going to take you five minutes for people to shuffle out of the room or log off the Zoom call, ask a few last-minute questions, and then you need that few minutes, three, four, five minutes breather to let's say your 12 o'clock meeting in this example. So what have we got so far? Fewest possible meetings. Keep them down to the minimum time possible and try to end them 10 minutes early if you can. Keep an agenda. Stick to the agenda. Don't disrespect anyone who has questions that are not directly related to the agenda, but definitely 
don't let the other people who are waiting for the agenda to have to wait and twiddle their thumbs while you have a side quest, to use a video game analogy. So what else possibly can we do to make meetings less terrible? Well, let have, let's have everybody involved. It's not always going to be possible, right? Sometimes bosses have to be bosses, okay? Sometimes managers have to be managers. We can't always be inclusive down to the last T. But when you can, and believe it or not, more often than not, we can. Try and take some questions and input. Let people chime in with their thoughts on the topic of the day. Perhaps even beforehand, you can throw an email out and say, hey, uh, come prepare with your ideas and we'll go around the room. And that way people have some time to think maybe, right? And they can come prepared with some notes, some, some prepared ideas. And you can go around the room. Try and make sure at least 90% of, of folks have the chance to speak. One trick I do is I ask myself, okay, let's say I have 60 minutes uh, in hand. If I'm being fair, for a 60-minute meeting, I only want 50 minutes to be utilized, right? Keeping the previous rules in mind. So, all right, for a one-hour meeting, I've got 50 minutes. We're keeping 10 minutes as a buffer. There's 10 people. That means if everybody spoke equally, they'd have five minutes each. Five minutes each seems quite reasonable. Most people on most topics can finish what they need to say in about five minutes. Okay. It's only when we are giving a large amount of background or there's a deep dive happening because of some technicality, then we go beyond five minutes. But if it's a quick response, a quick update, we can and should limit ourselves to five-minute interjections. So my point being, I took the 50 minutes in hand and I said, I have 10 people that are attending this meeting, including myself. Naturally, I'll probably speak a little bit more than five minutes because I'm leading the meeting in this example. But that be that as it may, that feels like everybody's having enough time. Now, same situation. I double the number of people. We've got maybe two and a half minutes per person. Okay. That feels tight. So now that meeting either needs to be longer if you want more uh, discussion. And there is a case to be made for that. Or you can do some of the other tricks that I mentioned. Email people ahead of time, perhaps through the group messaging tools that many companies have. Give them a heads up. Give them a chance to chime in. Send the agenda out ahead of time. I, I've sent out agendas as much as a week ahead of time to give people a chance to look at my slides if they're ready, right? And uh, give their perspective. So to recap. We're trying to make meetings less terrible. What are some ideas we've discussed? The first idea we discussed was reducing the number of meetings overall. A related idea was keeping them shorter on time and keeping a 10-minute buffer so that people have breaks between their meetings uh, and uh, also there's time for Q&A. Three, you want to make sure that there's enough time in there for really everybody to have a chance to speak. And as a leader, you really do want to make sure that most people feel they had an opportunity to speak. Perhaps they didn't take full advantage of it. That's okay. So what we get in the end, folks, is that agendas, timing, respecting each other's inclusion in the meeting, giving people a chance to speak up, 
and also most importantly, making the decision at the end of the day. These are the things that will make meetings less terrible. You can always do more, but at least if we do these things, we've gotten most of the way home. I thought we'd do a quick follow-up, now that we've spoken about the topic of the day, which is meetings, I thought we'd do a quick follow-up on a previous week's episode where we were talking about quiet quitting. And oddly enough, folks, uh, I, since I was fascinated by the topic, I took to my LinkedIn account, and you can always find me there, Arjun Bakshi, on LinkedIn. And uh, I, I happened to write about it, and I also did an add-on. If you remember, we were talking, I mean, it's bad enough, right, that we've got people talking about quiet quitting, and it seems like a ill-advised idea, but people can do what they do, right? Uh, caveat emptor, buyer beware. But get this. So since that, uh, the, the time that uh, we had that episode on the podcast, and even since I wrote on LinkedIn, there has been a deluge of layoff announcements from a variety of companies as big as Goldman Sachs. And I think the hits just keep on coming. Not quite in the same category as layoffs, but uh, as someone who commented on my LinkedIn pointed out, and I had seen the same headline earlier that day, FedEx, which is seen as a very good litmus test for the state of commerce, not just in the US, but worldwide, was phenomenally below expectations to such an extent that as of this morning, uh, it was down 21% uh, and a new 52-week low. I think it was north of $200 a share on the U.S. stock market, and uh, last I checked, it was at 160. So it, it is it is really uh, a shocker. And uh, uh, to bring it back to the main topic, folks, which was, if you remember, we talked about quiet quitting and people kind of checking out and not really putting in that effort. Uh, like I might have mentioned, you know, in the prior episode, quiet quitting or any kind of mental checking out, I can guarantee you, because I've worked with so many different corporate clients, it does not go unnoticed. In fact, here's, I'll go one step further. Not only does it not go unnoticed, Unless you are doing over and above the amount of work that's expected of you, many a time, employers will assume you're quiet quitting. They'll assume that you are looking for other opportunities in different competing companies. And uh, it is really in everyone's best interest to never let even the whiff of a lack of 110% commitment to your job reach the people that employ you. I know that doesn't sound great. We're in this world where we're all trying to say, I should be bigger than my job. Uh, I think in a previous uh, podcast or blog post, I forget at this moment, I was saying how we used to talk about work-life balance, right? And in that, in that hyphen, work-life, we would always put the word work ahead of life, right? Which symbolically, you're saying you're putting your job ahead of your personal uh, life. And if I'm being honest, that is not the worst uh, way to do it because, uh, well, if it wasn't for work, how would you pay for the things in your life, right? 
again i understand it's all about self fulfillment today it's all about my happiness and and i'm the same i want to be happy too but we have all bi- got bills to pay and uh, people sometimes count on us dependents children maybe for food for school for you know things uh, that uh, are bring bring a smile to our faces like uh, you know going out to the your favorite restaurant with your family and being able to pay for that meal if it wasn't for your work how would we do that so bring it full circle this economy is not the economy to test out an idea like quiet quitting that's that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying and uh, uh as uh, i i got to tell you on uh, i think i posted the thing on linkedin on wednesday or thursday and i thought you know okay maybe a few people might like it maybe a few hundred people might read it now you get you see the number of impressions well as of today today i'm posting on friday 50,000 people have seen it and 60 odd people have reacted to it with 20 odd comments it's beyond what i could have expected uh because this seems to be under the surface where on linkedin it's become the new instagram and it's like and that might be a whole episode for a future podcast you know where it's just the good stuff just the positive stuff keeps getting spoken about on on linkedin and uh, the real difficulties of life and the realities of the business world and corporate world and careers um aren't being talked about enough so uh, it's nice to know that people want that and hopefully i can keep speaking about that if that's something people want so thank you for tuning in again this week folks always a pleasure feel free to like share and subscribe we're on all the different podcast platforms and uh, the website is culturalspeak.com say hello if you'd like to if not nonetheless have a wonderful rest of your week